This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. Grain markets uh, spent the week in a very volatile, wide range. Grain elevators across the country also trying to move grain as quickly as possible. North Dakota Grain Dealers Association's Executive Director Stu Letcher says grain elevators are trying to get ahead of the rising costs. What I'm hearing is that a lot of the grain has been bought, um, so, the, so the elevators own it now, um, and that's, it's, it's a situation where they need to move it now because every day they open the doors, it's, it's just getting more expensive due to interest costs and also margin calls. With the, with, with the markets where they're at, it just takes that much more money to open the door every day. So if they can get it moved and get it to market, of course, the situation resolves itself. You know, the, the positions back out and everything works out, but it's just a, you know, it's just a cost right now. And fertilizer supplies going into spring appear to be adequate. However, Letcher says resupply is a concern. Fertilizer-wise, I think we're we're probably sitting okay. Um, I think there is some fertilizer positioned, but there is some concern out there um, of having enough to con- you know to complete the spring. If if we get get rolling here in the next month, um, there's enough to get started. But in some areas. Uh, there wasn't fertilizer put on last fall, so there's probably going to be more put on this spring, especially if we get some moisture. And so there's some concerns. And while the grain markets have been extremely volatile, S&W trading owner Andy Schisler expects more of a sideways type trading. I don't know that we really go very far directionally here. It's like we trade up 18 in corn and then we lose it. You know, and just so much back and forth here, but we're dealing with really high prices so it's like people are resistant to really want to buy this stuff and i don't blame them one of the most important and volatile market reports is on tap thursday from usda u.s commodities president don rose doesn't think the russia ukraine war will be able to steal the thunder from thursday's quarterly stocks and planting intentions report it's a big market moving report i think what's going to happen is we're going to see uh, the numbers see if we're rationing on the old crop with the uh, stock situation. Then we're going to see if we get the uh, acres that are kind of adequate. Somewhere's around, can we get 181, 182 million acres between corn and beans or not? Uh, That would give us a little bit of a negative tilt if they're under 180, 179 between the two, Um, probably the other way. And one of the more closely watched numbers in Thursday's quarterly grain stocks report will be the corn ending stocks. Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzlo has been questioning the pre-report estimates. Because we are running last year's pace on export sales of corn, and certainly I think one of the things this week that maybe dampened uh, the the trade bullishness and and maybe the buy the dip mentality was we didn't come through on the weekly export sales, and, and that's on the demand side. Feeder cattle auction prices recovered somewhat this past week, and as live and feeder futures increased from the lows following the outbreak of war in Ukraine, Oklahoma State University livestock marketing specialist Daryl Peel says the market is just plain uncertain. We just don't know what's going to happen. Uh, markets don't like uncertainty. They react very, uh, uh, very dramatically to uncertainty. So we've seen grain markets go limit up to record levels. We've seen cattle uh, markets go down uh, in response to this, and, and some of that is just the uncertainty. And that's a look at markets. This Week in Agriculture, I'm Randy Conan.
The North Dakota Natural Resources Conservation Service announces a funding opportunity for producers. The Northern Plains Water Quality and Wildlife Program is available through EQIP. Enrolled producers are eligible for five annual payments on cropped wetlands two acres or less in size as identified on the National Wetland Inventory and with intact hydrology. The application deadline is April 1st. Please contact your local NRCS field office for more information. World Weather Incorporated Senior Meteorologist Drew Lerner is your trusted source for agricultural weather. From the Northern Plains, we will see a little pocket of additional cooling taking place in the northeast corner of North Dakota and northwestern Minnesota. To South America, it looks like Argentina will be dry for a few more days, and Brazil will see scattered showers and thunderstorms benefiting many crop areas. Drew Lerner, only on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. This week in news, after meeting with NATO leaders, President Joe Biden linked the Russian-Ukrainian war to a possible food security crisis. With regard to food shortages, yes, we did re re talk about food shortages, and, uh, and it's going to be real. The, the price of these sanctions is not just imposed upon Russia, it's imposed upon an awful lot of countries as well, including European countries and our country as well. In a joint statement with the head of the European Union, Biden said direct food assistance will be provided as needed. Like most farmers, Nick Gordachuk is dealing with crop input shortages and tight margins this spring. However, he's in a war zone. Gordachuk farms less than 100 miles north of Kiev where he raises winter wheat, corn, and potatoes. In an interview with the Iowa Agribusiness Network, Gordachuk said Ukrainian farmers are facing major uncertainties for this growing season. Nevertheless, uh, I think it's just like in America, it's in our blood, you know, when the when sun is shining uh, and we, 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 we touch the soil, it's the right temperature, uh, we go there and try to do something. For example, last week, uh, while we could hear uh, shelling uh, in our farm, we were still putting a fertilizer, we were putting uh, some uh, ammonium sulfate to our uh, winter wheat. Uh, until we saw Russian tanks entering our village, we had to we had to evacuate. Gordachek said the Ukrainian government is trying to help, but access to credit to plant a crop is limited. The Russian military is also targeting farms, ag businesses, grain storage, and farm machinery. Canadian Pacific Railway and its union are moving into binding arbitration, effectively ending their strike. That deal allows CP to resume the movement of grain, fertilizer, and other commodities. The Minnesota Department of Agriculture is seeking $5 million to establish an indemnity fund to protect farmers if a grain elevator goes broke. In addition, the proposal would require grain buyers to charge a premium on all marketed grain for this fund. Minnesota Grain and Feed Association Executive Director Laura Lemke testified this week before the House Agriculture Committee voicing disappointment in the State Ag Department's handling of this issue. What started as a rumor last fall that the MDA would be pushing for an indemnity fund this session morphed into a vague commentary about general support for a fund by staff to the eventual confirmation that there would be an indemnity fund proposal, but no solid details. All session, the department has shared random details like a breadcrumb trail until a little over a week ago, week and a half ago, when we finally saw language on this proposal. At no time since last fall did MDA consult or involve the Grain Advisory Group, which is a group of grain industry and producer stakeholders, as they crafted their language for this proposal. 
A group called the GF Community Awareness of Fu Feng Project exceeded the required signatures necessary for a petition to request a citywide vote on the proposed corn wet milling project in Grand Forks. Grand Forks Mayor Brandon Boshensky says the city attorney is verifying those signatures. City attorney's got to look at the uh, uh, the petition that came in and you know check the the signatures and that'll go through through the process like any other petition and then. Uh, he'll have to give us his assessment on what the next step is from there. But right now there was a sufficient amount uh, of signatures that came in, I believe, to reach the threshold. It's just a matter if it, if it uh, uh, was something that can be referred and then what the process is. Japan's safeguard mechanism on U.S. beef has been changed, increasing market access for the United States. The U.S. ambassador to Japan, Rahm Emanuel, said this is a win for American ranchers and Japanese consumers. The timeline for implementation is not known since the agreement still needs approval by Japanese lawmakers. I'm Don Wick, this week in agriculture. Do you have a white mold management plan? If you grow dry beans in the Dakotas, you know white mold can be a major yield robber. That's why treating your seed with heads-up seed treatment is a smart investment. Cost-effective and compatible with other seed treatments, heads-up kickstarts your beans, taking them to their full potential so they can fight off yield-robbing disease like white mold. For a better start against disease, ask to have Heads Up pre-applied to your edible bean seed order. Visit HeadsUpST.com to learn more. Before I started working as a soil scientist. Before I became a systems engineer. I found out science is cool. I did my first lab experiment. In 4-H. In 4-H. You never know when a spark will ignite the imagination. That's why 4-H is fostering 1 million new scientists and engineers for America's future workforce. With the help of companies and universities around the country. 1 million new scientists. 1 million new ideas. Learn more at 4-H.org. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor for the Red River Farm Network. The USDA's prospective planning report is set to be released next week. Grain traders are focusing on the acreage mix. Stonex Group Chief Commodities Economist Arlen Suderman says many Midwestern farmers are sticking to their rotation, but the price of soybean grabs attention. There's a small segment of those farmers who did have uh, some acre, some continuous corn acres that have been going for the last 15 or 20 years. And as I've talked to farmers in Iowa and Illinois, I'm finding that a certain number of those are now going to be shifting to soybeans because they, they figure in that highly productive soil, they've been growing corn for 15 more years, that they might be able to grow 80 to 90 bushel soybeans. And at these prices, that's kind of like winning the windfall. Uh, and so we'll see some of that, but otherwise the rotations are going to pretty much stick in place with the changes being in the fringe around the Midwest. That includes the Northern Plains. There are good prices for specialty crops. We'll probably still see strong corn acreage, but we'll see a lot of other oil seeds, including sunflowers and some of the other minor crops also in the Northern Plains. Fertilizer prices going into spring appear to be adequate. North Dakota Grain Dealers Association Executive Director Stu Letcher says resupply is a concern for elevators. Fertilizer-wise, I think we're, we're probably sitting okay. Um, I think there is some fertilizer positioned, but there is some concern out there um, of having enough to, con- you know, to complete the spring. If, if we get, get rolling here in the next month, um, there's enough to get started, but in some areas... Uh, there wasn't fertilizer put on last fall, so there's probably going to be more put on this spring, especially if we get some moisture. And so there's some concerns. 
Stonex Group Chief Commodities Economist Arlen Suderman says that Ukrainian people are defending themselves really well, but the war is far from over. Ukraine's can-do attitude is expected to carry over into the agriculture sector, but Suderman says that doesn't mean those farmers may be able to plant much of a crop this year. We first saw about 10 days ago some of the estimates coming out of Ukraine that acreage would be down about 40 percent. And we felt like, okay, that's optimistic that that number we expect is going to continue to climb. We're going to see a higher and higher abandonment or, or lack of planning number estimates come out. And that is the case. We also saw last week an estimate by one organization in Ukraine that roughly 34% of the arable land in Ukraine was unfarmable this year and because it was either being occupied by Russian troops that had unexploded mines on it that need to be cleared, that had damaged equipment or just an assortment of various factors. Suderman expects the number of farmable acres to continue to decline. As spring planting gets closer, even if a crop is produced, it may not be a very productive crop. I would have told you on February 1st that we're going to have a major drought in Ukraine that slashes their production by 60 to 70 percent. That would have been, you would say, oh, okay, then that's going to really tighten up world supplies. Well, in essence, that's what we have. Um, we don't know exactly how much the reduction is going to be, but we think it'll probably be at least that much and maybe more as far as exportable supplies. And so um, that means that we're going to be very tight for quite some time. A coalition of agriculture groups is asking the Biden administration to allow farmers to plant crops on land set aside through the Conservation Reserve Program. American Farm Bureau and others are part of this group, saying the U.S. needs to produce more to offset the loss of Ukrainian crop production. The letter to Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack asks USDA to provide flexibility for farmers with an emergency exemption or an early out of their current CRP contracts. That's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. From too wet to too dry, we know Mother Nature has the final say on the crop. Count on Irie Insurance to help manage that risk. Irie Insurance has a proven track record with over 30 years of experience as a crop insurance leader. Protect your legacy with the right tools to do the job. Learn more at irieinsurance.com or by calling your local agent in Devils Lake, Hillsboro, Hope, Mackville, Towner, and West Fargo. You're protected and appreciated at Irie. Don't miss the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235 on the Red River Farm Network. Specialty crop markets are special and require more digging than corn, soybeans, and wheat. We do that digging by talking with numerous crop scouts, growers, and processors in the North Harvest region or wherever beans that affect local markets are grown. So follow the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235 on this Red River Farm Network station. The dry bean scene, brought to you by the North Harvest Bean Growers Association.